So in our Monday night practitioner class this past Monday, I asked the students what was their view of what happens when someone transitions. What happens after they leave this journey? Now the purpose for the question is we're currently talking about how to counsel, how to do affirmative prayer work for someone that has lost someone in their journey based on because of transition, right? So we're trying to help them facilitate someone working through their mourning and, and their grief. And all of the folks that were asked the question, you know, what do you believe happens? None of them answered. Um, well, I think St. Peter's there to hand out wings in my heart, which is a very good thing. Now, each student shared their beliefs and thoughts of, her, of what occurs at time of transition, and they also varied just a little of each other's opinion. Each, everybody had just a slightly different thought, which is fine. We're not looking for consensus. We're looking for understanding. At that, we're looking for understanding. And, but all of the opinions were in alignment with our religious science philosophy. And that philosophy is, transition is just that, a transition. The individual life transitioning from this life into a new state of being, a new state of the everlasting life experience. So that's, that's where we were taking them to, and they all passed that. Now, what also was not present in any of their answers was the importance, the necessity to be financially independent with a credit score of 750 or above, to have the perfect body and love by all of humanity, including the string of exes which littered their journey. Thank God for the last one. I'd be immortal. <laughs> Let me tell you. So I did a little... Research, none of them had that thought that that has to, what's has to occur in order to transition or for transition to occur. And I did a little research on this topic, and I could not find any religious philosophy which has a dogma stating that for transition to occur, the individual has to be financially independent, have the perfect body, loved by all of humanity. So since this is not any known dogma, of any known theology, it begs the question, where does this dogma of this persistent, energetic idea that in order to be happy, in order to be blissful, in order to feel successful, in order to feel empowered, you must be financially independent, have the perfect body and love by all of humanity in order to experience that grace that you are. Now let's understand something. According to Webster's, dogma is nothing other than a settled or established opinion. Belief or principle. A belief or established opinion or belief. It doesn't say, does not say, true or correct accurate opinion or belief. Only that it's settled. No longer being explored and established. A long-held well, at one point in humanity's history, it was established and well known that the world was flat. And you'd fall off the edge if you went too far. At one point in the American psyche, 
we trusted our politicians. We knew they were good guys. So we can surmise, since this is not religious dogma, it must be human dogma, fostered within the race consciousness of humanity. Now before we go much further, we want to be perfectly clear. We want you all to be financially independent, however you choose to define financial independence. We want you all to have that perfect body, however you define and express such perfection, and to be loved by all of humanity. And as far as we're concerned, what's not to love? You're awesome. So with that said, we're asking that you be mindful of this human dogma. To be mindful that it is focused entirely on the attainment of acquiring an external commodity without any focus or attention on the evolution and expansion of the individual divinity. In short, this human dogma is placing through intention, through, through focus, through an almost laser-like decision. Here's the problem with that. I know the world over, many people in this room, are always trying to do their best in the, in the attainment of such human dogma. And they find themselves often feeling very tired, very frustrated, and very overwhelmed. They're focusing on commodity before energy. And if they would just shift that focus, shift that focus just a little bit to energy before commodity, their entire life would transform with effortless ease. Now, this shift in focus to energy before commodity only requires that we begin and end our day with a straightforward intention of doing the best we can in the current moment to live, create, and express as the individual expression of the creative energy and wisdom of God. In other words, to be that expression of the divine we have come to this journey to be. Nobody's saying that you have to exceed. Nobody's saying you have to be better than anybody else. Nobody's saying you have to do better than the day before. We're simply saying the best that you Bring your best divine self to this moment to the best of your ability. And it is from there that energetic intention begins to unfold. And this energetic intention is the energetic foundation for any and all commodity is formed and any and all commodity will follow. In the four agreements, Don Miguel Ruiz wrote this. He said, you were born with the right to be happy. Let that sink in. Because it's kind of a kick in the pants sometimes. People hear that, I was born with the right to be happy. I didn't get taught that in grade school. I was told I was born with the right to follow directions, to make other people happy. 
I was born with the right to make sure I always kept my nose clean and followed the rules. You know, there's a story in, um, on the net last week. I'm about to be in trouble, so pray for me. Anyhow, there was a story on the net last week, and it, the headline was, Man Arrested for Going 158 Miles an Hour on a Kansas Tollway. Right? So when I see these type articles, I always pull them up to read them because I like to know, you know, which blood relative of Dan has gotten arrested now for speeding. That was that was what I'm talking about. Turns out, though, turns out that, yes, he, he admitted. He admitted it. He, he, he was going 158 miles an hour. He saw policeman sitting on the side of the road on the Kansas tollway, and when he saw him, of course, what did he do? He hit the brakes and slowed down. But there's a motive to his story. There's a reason behind it. And he had a buddy, an army, that was out of the army, suffering from PTSD. And the world was just being overwhelming for his buddy with PTSD. So he decided to take him for a drive to just Take his mind off it for a while. And the racetrack that he normally takes his, what was it, the Dodge Charger Hellcat to, to get up to 200 miles an hour was not available. So he kind of figured that was the safest place. Right? But in that moment, we can do say all the judgment, all that we want about somebody driving 158 miles an hour. But at the end of the day, was really kind of living that intention that Don Miguel just said. You were born with the right to be happy. The rules didn't apply right then because he was doing something to help out someone in need. You were born with the right to be happy. You were born with the right to love, to enjoy, and to share your love. You are alive, so take your life and enjoy it. Don't resist, resist life passing through you because that is God passing through. Just your existence proves this existence of God. Your existence proves the existence of life and energy. Understand the causation of true happiness, the elation of blissful purpose is set into motion when you know like you know like you know. In this moment, I have done all that I can do to be, to live, express as the best of the energy of God in this moment. To live your birthright. Your birthright of blissful happiness. Begin and end each day with this one higher intention. To always title of our lesson this morning. Always do your best. So we want to give you a little parable. The little parable is one of my favorites. And it's about a minister who was who was planning a wedding that would follow the Sunday service. And it was just to be an intimate ceremony with the couple and the congregation. And as the and so the minister planned to after the benediction he planned to call the couple up to be married at this little ceremony. But before, he couldn't for the life of him 
remember the names of those who were to the couple that was to be married. So I can relate to this story. You see why it's one of my favorites. And so after the benediction, he did the service, he did the benediction. Afterwards, he said, well, those who want to get married, please come to the front of the church. Well, nine single ladies, three widows, four widowers, and eight single men later, he realized the parable to the story. And that is to always do your best, do some spiritual and mental planning. Look it ahead. What, how can I bring this best expression, my highest expression of my divinity, to this moment? So this morning we're wrapping up the series on the four agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. We've done the first three agreements, and we've discussed here, be impeccable with your word, don't take anything personally, and don't make assumptions. And all of those are available online to listen to um, what I'll, whatever we use now, get your radio and downloads here and there, and even on the website. And I want to share something that Don Miguel said about our fourth agreement. He said, always do your best. It's about the action As we set our intention to always do our best, the first three agreements become organically ingrained within our consciousness. So just as last week, what we did was we kind of up-leveled the, inten the intention of the agreement and applied it to our spiritual lives, our spiritual journey. And that's what we want to do now with this fourth agreement and apply it to the spiritual journey. In this agreement, Don Miguel speaks of always doing your best in your job and in your interactions with others in the physical aspects of life in general. And we're not saying don't do that. What we're suggesting is that we take the same principle and apply it to our spirituality. Always doing our best as we express our divinity. Always doing our best as we live this life as individual expressions of source energy. And so we have to ask, you know, what does that look like and feel like for you? How would that unfold in your journey? If you know every moment you're doing just the best that you can just to be that expression of divine source energy. Ogmandino said, always do your best. What you plant now, you will harvest later. What you plant now, you will harvest later. So when we take that suggestion, which is to begin and end each day with the intention of doing the best that you can do in the moment to live and express as the individual expression of the divine that you are, right? When we plant that intention firmly within your consciousness, what do you anticipate your harvest This intention is what allows you to put energy before commodity. Energy before commodity. The evolution and expansion of your divinity before the acquiring of commodity. Now, some folks may think that this is going to be a long journey to do. A long journey to get into that mindset of looking at every interaction, every experience, all of our journey as the divine.
divine, interacting with the divine. And I want to share a little story that Don Miguel shares in the Four Agreements. And he says, where is it? There it is. He says, the story is about a man who wanted to transcend his suffering. So he went to a Buddhist temple and to find a master to help him. And he went to the master and asked, Master, if I meditate four hours a day, how long will it take me to transcend? And the master looked at him and said, well, if you meditate four hours a day, maybe you'll transcend it. So feeling as if he could do better, the man asked, well, okay, well, you know, what if I meditated eight hours a day? How long will it take me to transcend? And the master looked at him and said, well, if you meditate eight hours a day, maybe then it'll take you 20 years to transcend. The guy got a little confused and he said, but why is it going to take me longer to transcend if I meditate more? And the master said, you are not here to sacrifice your joy or your life. We're here to live, to be happy, and to love. And if you can do your best in two hours of meditation, and, and, but you spend eight hours instead, you will grow tired, you will miss the point, and you won't enjoy life. Do your best, and perhaps you will learn that no matter how long you meditate, you can live So, look, I love that story because it reminds me that there are so many people that try to be so spiritual, they become useless. I'd love them, but at the end of the day, it's not about that. It's about bringing your highest and best self, your highest and best expression of source energy to your moment of now and living it in such a manner that you know know you're living your best self. Therefore, you're attracting the best of your consciousness. That is a feeling of bliss. That is a feeling of knowing that the universe is not only working through you, it's responding to you in a positive, loving, and joyful manner. You are not here to sacrifice your life. You are here to be happy and to love, to find balance. expression of your divinity in a manner which allows the bliss of this balance to be manifested and lived in your physical journey. So you can let go of this concept that, well, you know, it's a little hectic right now. I'm going to need to be praying a lot. I'm going to need to be meditating a lot. I'm glad those practitioners' phone numbers are on the back of those programs because I'm going to call them 24 hours a day. sacrificing your joy. You're sacrificing your journey. You're not living in balance. You can live in balance with this one piece, offering the best that you can in that one piece. Highest and best of your concept. And that's going to change from moment to moment. It'll change from day to day. It'll change based on your environment. So, you know, Everybody loves me. 
because I'm, I'm in this flow. I'm in this energy. We, you know, we, we, we were excited to be here this morning. We didn't know why. And then we had Ann Faith and Gwen and Ben, and that started it off. And then we got to see you, and there are folks here that haven't been here for a while because they moved. And, oh, my God, the energy's just a-flowing and a-flowing and a-flowing. But on the way home, I have to stop at the grocery store and deal with And so I can't promise that I might offer my highest and best self to those individuals. Because sometimes that environment, that rather than me, I, I forget, just like everybody else does, right? Oh, I'm here to shift the environment, not allow the environment to shift me. So that's a constant reminder that we have to do. And so bringing my highest and best self is an intention, not a commandment. And when we can look and understand that, then that kind of eases, eases this direction, this feeling that it's something that we must do in order to experience spiritual enlightenment. When it becomes just something that we can look back on in the day and say, wow, in this interaction I did well. But in this interaction, not so much. So I will set my intention to do better tomorrow. It becomes an evolution as opposed to something that we're being whipped into shape, if you will, to have to fulfill. So you can let go of that need, that thought, that it has to be done all the time. It's not possible to do it all the time. But it is possible to be mindful of the intention to do it all the time. And when we're mindful of the mindful of the intention, we begin setting habit. We begin setting a habit into motion that allows us to practice this intention every single day. Don Miguel said, if you do your best in the search for personal freedom, in the search for self-love, you will discover that it's just a matter of time before you find what you were looking for. It's not about daydreaming or sitting for hours dreaming and meditation. You have to stand up and be human. You have to honor the man or woman that you are. Respect your body. Enjoy your body. Love your body. Eat, clean, and heal your body. Exercise and do what makes your body feel good. And he said something here that's very interesting. He said, this is a puja to your body. And it is a communion between you and God. Now a puja, he explained, is a ritual and in India, they perform the puja, puja ritual. And in this ritual, they take all their idols that represent the divine to them, and they bathe them, and they feed them, and they sing chants to them, and they tell them that they love them, they, and, they, and they understand that the idol itself is not important. The idol itself is not important. What is important is what they perform, is that they perform the ritual way they say, I love you, God. So think about that when we're putting energy before commodity, that just our very essence, our very, at the beginning of every day, at the end of every day, we can perform this ritual of the puja, but with a different intention. You're honoring that 
energy of the body. See, the body's just the commodity. Manifested energy that's become a commodity. Therefore, it has the ability to accept, to be nurtured by your love and support. It has the ability to say, well, you know, as I'm expressing this powerful energy, this powerful self-acceptance to myself, to the energy that I am, I'm also expressing it and accepting it internally. Internally, at the soul level. When was the last time you looked at yourself in the mirror and looked deeply in the eyes looking back at you and say, wow, I just love the expression of the divine that you are. How often do you remind yourself of how valuable you are in this moment? Ernest Holmes said, prepare your mind to receive the best that life has to offer. And we're here to tell you that the way you prepare your mind to receive the best life has to offer is by Preparing your consciousness, sowing seeds of self-love, sowing seeds of positive affirmation, sowing seeds that allow you to always stay focused on one fact. And the fact is, you're here to live only and as your highest and best expression of source. To live, to love, to be happy, that is your birthright. But people get caught up in that human doctrine get caught up in the negativity of the outside world. And so they forget that they have to find their joy. They have to find their bliss. And so we're trying to peel that back a little bit. Peel that back a little bit. And say in everything that you do, do God first. In every pursuit, i got news for you. You're not pursuing a new relationship. You're pursuing another energy another interaction with source. You're not pursuing more abundance. You're pursuing another interaction of a greater expression of source. You're not pursuing greater health. You're pursuing another expression of the wellness and wholeness of the divine. That's what you're pursuing. Here's the dilemma. You cannot pursue that. Knowing that in every moment you're bringing the intention to always do your best. Just do your best as that expression of source energy in that moment. You know, Miguel says, God is life. God is life in action. The best way to say, I love you, God, is to live your life doing your best. The best way to say, thank you, God, is by letting go of the past living in the present moment. Right here now, whatever life takes away, from, takes away from you, let it go. When you surrender and let go of the past, you allow yourself to be fully alive in the moment. Letting go of the past means you enjoy the dream that is happening right now. Happening right now. And so I get it. A lot of folks say, well, you know, you don't know my past. 
So it's difficult for me to do the best that I can to be this higher expression of source energy in this moment of now because I have all this baggage that I'm bringing with me from yesterday and the day before and from the last decade and from my childhood. Lots of baggage. And I worry about that constantly. How can I get ahead based on my background? Plus, I was never really good at such and such. And so here's, here's our question. Anybody here ever get into that mind game of self-doubt and sometimes self-criticism? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I will. Right? Smile and nod. And my question is, do you think maybe you've done it for more than an hour and a week or two hours a week? So, question becomes, how'd that work out for you? What did it solve? What did it resolve other than to restrengthen a vibration of energy that you know is not serving you? What did it solve other than to allow the individual to just kind of accept, resign into the notion that, okay, I won't try. Louise Hay said, you've been criticizing yourself for years, and it hasn't worked. Try approving of yourself and see what happens. Try approving of yourself and see what happens. Try taking on that ritual, that, that puja ritual of just allowing every interaction with yourself, whether it's brushing your teeth, feeding yourself, bathing, to be that sacred experience, that sacred communion. Allow yourself to move into a mantra in the shower. How's that going? Or in the tub? Because that's a great place to do affirmations. I know it's going to cut into your singing time. But you can do that in cars. Think about it. What a great place for that to become a sacred experience. Now Miguel said, doing your best, you're going to live your life endlessly. You're going to be more productive. You're going to be good to yourself because you will be giving yourself to your family, to your community, to everything. But it is the action that is going to make you feel intensely happy. It is the action of doing your best that's going to make you feel intensely happy. And that reminds me of something that Leonardo Vinci, Vinci would say. He said, I've been impressed with the urgency. I have been unimpressed with the urgency of doing. None I have been impressed with the urgency of doing. Knowing is not enough. We must apply. Being willing is not enough. We must do. So if we want to experience this fullness, this love, this joy of life, we have to let all of that self-talk, self-negative talk go. All the monkey mind stuff go. Let all the baggage go. And just come into this moment with that feeling of being divine. Coming into this moment with that blissful intention. That my only direction, the only thing that I'm, I have to do, that I'm now telling myself I have to do, is to live my highest and best self in this moment. And if I don't get it right, the universe isn't going to smite me. 
Ever not Tony's already told me there's an art somewhere I can get on. If I can do better, do that too. Allow yourself to be eased of knowing that the universe doesn't expect you to get it right. The universe just expects you to continue growing. Understand that? The universe just expects you to continue growing. To know that you are always doing your best so that you move forward as a better expression itself in the moment. John Miguel said, doing your best is taking the action because you love it, not because you are expecting a reward. And this ties right back into our human doctrine. Because so many people, why do, why do we go to work? Why do we go to work? People say, well, I go to work to get a paycheck. Well, of course you do. But you know what? That Tension is absolutely opposite of what our spiritual intention is. You know what we call work in the science of mind philosophy? They blow a lot of people away. Creative self-expression. So are you going to the office to get a paycheck? Are you going to the office to your job for creative self-expression? And if you're going only for the paycheck, that means you're going only for the reward. If you're going only for the reward, you're going only for the commodity. And that just wears you out. But if you're going for that opportunity, for that intention to fulfill your creative self-expression, to bring that joyful, infinite creative wisdom of source to your journey. Even in that job environment, well, that's a little more fulfilling. That's a little more invigorating. And that's when people go to work, regardless of what the pay is. They're going to their job because they love it. And there are going to be those in the job experience that don't like the fact that they're having a good time at work. What do you mean you like this job? What do you mean you enjoy what you're doing? Don't do that. It messes up the flow. Remember, we're not here to be changed by the environment. We're here to evolve. We're here to evolve the environment. Julie Cameron said, what we really want to do is what we are really what we really want to do is what we are really meant to do. When we do what we are meant to do, money comes to us. Doors open forth. We feel useful. And the work we do feels like play to us. It feels like play. So think about that. That's the difference in going for the reward, the commodity in the job, the commodity in the relationship, the commodity at the gym. Going for the energy. Going for that feeling of joy. We want to have that higher evolutionary experience, that spiritual feeling that as we look out, out on our journey, it is always the divine reflecting back to the, to the divine within us. But we can't do that if we're only focused externally. We can't do that if we're expecting to get something as opposed to evolve and express something. 
Don Miguel said, if you take action just for the sake of doing it without expecting a reward, you will find that you enjoy every action you do. Rewards will come, but you are not attached to the award. You can even get more than you would have imagined for yourself without expecting a reward. If we like what we do, if we always do our best, then we are actually enjoying life. We are having fun. We don't All the retired people right now are going, yeah, I'm having a blast. I'm not getting up till 10 or 10.30. Good for you. But you want to bring that intention of having fun, of enjoying what you're doing into your everyday experience, into every interaction. So are you having fun in your relationships? Are you having fun at the gym? having that puja moment in every aspect of your journey. You see, we can take that, that ritual of puja. I love you, God. Thank you, God, for living in us and through you. Fine. Relationship. Job. here, of course. But couples really get into, let me tell you what they do. Right? And it's always an interesting experience because at the end of the day, when we're talking about energy for, before commodity, what they're really talking about, what they're really saying is, let me tell you how this inner, my energy is reflecting back to me at this point in time. Oh, and so as always, we have to count. We have to count. Don't look at what the other person is doing. Look at how you're responding. How do you go about shifting so that what's occurring for you is always that reflection of you bringing your best to the moment of now? That's a different challenge than trying to change somebody. What you agree? Because now it's focused on transforming ourselves. Now it's focused on, well, you know, if my relationship is not going kind of how I want it to go, maybe there's some internal work that I need to do. Maybe there's something in me right here and now that says, well, there's obviously an opportunity. There's obviously an opportunity for me to bring forth a higher, more loving not know what that is. I may not have ever witnessed anybody expressing it before. So there's no precedent for me to rely on. I just know that living in and as and being expressing the ceaseless powerful energy of God that I am, I can bring forward All of that, of course you do. Of course you do. And if we, when we 
do that, then it no longer becomes about the other person. It becomes about us. Brian Tracy said, never settle for anything less than your best. Never settle for anything less than your best. And you know why that is? Anything less than your best is less than your divinity. And you can shift, you can create this whole journey that is always a reflection of your of your expression of source energy by just setting that one powerful intention. To love yourself enough to leave behind those old ideas, old failures, old negative self-talk, and just live in this moment as the powerful expression of God that you are, right here and now. I want you to take a look at your affirmation card as we close out this morning. And the affirmation card says, is from Don Miguel, and he says, what, what you will see when you live as your highest and best, this is what he's referring to, what you will see is love coming out of the trees, loving, love coming out of the sky, love coming out of the light. You will perceive love from everything around you. This is a state of grace. To do your highest and best, to live in that energy, to do your highest and best to live as the best expression of source that you can in the moment, is to experience and live the bliss and grace of the resurrection. So of course you see love everywhere. Of course you see experience love throughout all your journey. And what do we know love to be? Love is, love is God. And that is why all things are possible. So what I can tell you is, without any doubt whatsoever, doing the best. We're always doing the best. Always doing the best. You may not remember that. You may not remember that. And that's okay. But every moment, every day, you have the ability to remind yourself of it. And do a little better than that a little better than that, do a little better than that, so that everything that comes forward in your experience always is that expression of source energy reflected as the best of you. That is what makes life blissful and So ends our lesson. All right, if you would please say the offering affirmation with me, infinite mind. Infinite mind. In as and through me. In as and through me. Blesses and multiplies my offering. Blesses and multiplies my offering. It does its good and perfect work. It does its good and perfect work. And returns to me. And returns to me. Multiplied abundantly. Multiplied abundantly. And if the 